Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. This is episode 41. So, I mean, that's cool. No, maybe it's 42. I think it's 41, like me. I just turned 41. So we are the same age, kind of, except this was born uh, in January. Um, anyway, so that is cool. I hope that you like and subscribe this to this podcast. I'm always having new ideas for things to talk about. And you can always write in with your suggestions on what would be a good topic. And that is what happened today. So in today's episode, a woman writes in and she's been divorced and she has multiple children like me. And she has a boyfriend of two years Two years is important, so remember that. Um, And so she writes in and she says, Hi there. Hi, back to you, reader. I loved your recent article about how to show kids that sex is a positive thing, which I've written about and talked about, and I could uh, link you to it. Um, There were some great practical tips there. However, I have a question about how you can introduce this when you have re-partnered. My kids haven't been used to seeing me be romantic with anyone in a long time, and even though my partner and I have been together for two years, they can get really uncomfortable with it, particularly my tween daughter. My partner has a great relationship with my kids. We're careful not to make them feel uncomfortable, but I do think it's important for them to see us being affectionate and physically showing our love for each other within reason. Any advice you have would be wonderful. And then she went on to describe more about the situation, which I asked her to do. And she said, we had a lot of issues with COVID lockdowns and my daughter getting what I described jokingly as Stockholm syndrome without her usual external network and community. She became super clingy and jealous, so I was more careful than usual not to make her feel too insecure about anything else. But we are through that, and I'm keen to help them understand that mom has a range of people who fill her cup in different ways. So obviously this person is from uh, the UK or Australia or somewhere that's cooler than here and she says mom which is cute anyhow mom let me uh describe to you what's going on here you're completely correct that somebody has stockholm syndrome but it's not her it's you because remember who's the captor the person falls in love with and does anything for the captor So I don't see your daughter writing in about how she can make you feel more comfortable about shit that she's doing. Instead, you are worrying how to make her feel more comfortable about totally normal things that you want to do. So if anybody here should has Stockholm syndrome, you do. And that is a great reason why you wrote in and I'm going to help you because I don't think you're seeing clearly right now. You're not seeing the big picture, which is a lot of the problem. When people are living their own lives, they get caught up in the details and the little quotidian routines, and they forget to zoom out and see the big picture. You are totally right that you're, um, that it's good for them to see you be physically affectionate with somebody. Now, I think you're very focused on the discomfort part, and um, that could be for multiple reasons. One could be because you feel guilty about the divorce. Another could be because you didn't see physically affectionate parents growing up, and so you kind of have no idea what that looks like and what would be appropriate, so I could uh, describe that for you too. And a third reason that people don't discuss a lot is that they saw parents who were overly affectionate, 
um, growing up uh, to the point that it was, I don't mean affection, I mean overly sexual. So if parents are um, having loud sex, talking about sexual topics, being very, um, and I don't mean talking about sexual topics like uh, in the normal sort of day-to-day way that I describe that is positive, where sex is just a normal part of life. I mean people who saw parents um, cheating, who heard parents fighting about the man screwing somebody else, and uh, that's all that he cares about. People that saw sex because the parents were, you know, drunk or didn't care and didn't shut doors. You know, things that really could traumatize children. Those are the kind of things you don't want to do in front of your daughter. I don't really think we have to worry about that because you're writing in about, I think, probably too much hugging and kissing. Um, But yeah, for anybody who is worried about the line, don't do anything that you wouldn't do at like your work holiday party in front of your kids. You know, yeah, you could kiss, you could hug. Don't do big makeout sessions. Obviously, clothes stay on. Um, You're not engaging in any foreplay sort of activities in front of your kids. So yeah, that means that you are not making out with them. You are certainly not making um, lewd sexual jokes. What you basically want to stick to is hugging Certainly, you can kiss on the lips, you can cuddle on the couch, you can um, embrace anywhere. If the husband slaps your ass, is not the biggest deal or vice versa. I mean, you know, kids are going to be like, ew, but what don't they say that about, right? They say that about everything. Which brings me to your tween daughter. I too have a tween daughter. If she comes upon me and my husband uh, kissing in the kitchen, she'll be like, people make food in here. <laughs> so, so like that is a normal reaction, right? But the other two that are younger will come and want to be close and will want to get in on a group hug. So it's really based on the kid. So not all tween girls are grossed out by physical touch. I have another now tween girl, actually, my middle, and she's not. She thinks that it's cute and she says she wants a boyfriend one day and all of this. So people are very different. So Let's go broader scale. Like you talk about the pandemic. There's another pandemic that I discuss, which is parents terrorized by their children's every preference and whim. You know, yeah, your daughter doesn't like when you hug and kiss your boyfriend because as you've described, she doesn't like when you do anything that isn't about her. And it's not her fault because you've been doing this. Out of the best of intentions, you have been allowing her to tell you kind of what you should do. So she has been super clingy and jealous. And instead of nipping that in the bud and setting boundaries, you did not and you just kind of allowed that to continue because you felt bad for her so without even ever talking to you I will I'm really gonna guess here you could tell me if I'm wrong but you have all the the descriptors of another article that I'm going to link to which is people pleasing daughters of covertly narcissistic parents so these women were raised by parents who were self-absorbed not their fault they had other shit going on they were probably raised in bad situations themselves but either way they were raised by fairly self-absorbed parents and they never learned that their own needs or preferences were important at all and then they go and replicate this pattern with their own children So their children end up treating them poorly 
in a sense, because these parents never learned to set their own boundaries. And I will link to an article that I wrote about this, uh, Don't Let Your Children Treat You Like Garbage. So what has happened here, I believe, is that you really, you reader, you listener, the person who's uh, writing in here, you said to me that you have trouble with kind of setting the boundaries because you felt bad for her. But I am going to bet that you have trouble setting boundaries in general or upsetting anyone ever. Now, this is something that you have to work on because these things are not doing your kids any favors. They're certainly not doing you or your boyfriend any favors. So your daughter is going to be out of the house if she's a tween in less than 10 years, and you need to have a life for yourself. So you need to have your own partner or desires or career or whatever, and you're not going to be able to drop it for her on a dime for her whole life and she's old enough now that like a baby obviously you got to run to a baby when a baby cries however this is a tween you don't have to run to her or stop anything you're doing just because she doesn't like it plenty of people come to me and say they have no idea how to be physically affectionate with their spouse because they never saw it growing up you have this wonderful opportunity to teach all of your children how to be in a loving healthy relationship so kudos to you on that good job but you're not doing it out of fear of what your daughter is going to think which I believe is not a parenting issue as much as it is a you not wanting to disappoint or hurt people ever issue. So that is something that I would certainly tackle in therapy if you haven't done it already. Because what you are forgetting is you deserve to have a life and you deserve to have an intimate and loving and affectionate relationship. And it kind of doesn't matter what she thinks because you're not doing anything bad. So what I would do in your situation where the horse is out of the barn in this situation already and your daughter already kind of knows that through explicit or implicit means she can prevent you from engaging in physical affection with your boyfriend because think about it. I'm sure there have been times you've reached for his hand or you've reached to hug him or something and she gives you a look and you stop. So you have to have a heart to heart with your daughter here and you have to say, listen, I have been with Jack here that I'm making up for two years. I notice you're like weirded out whenever we hug or kiss, but we have to do that. We love each other. That's a way that we express love. So please, you know, we're not obviously doing anything inappropriate. And at this point, it's it's getting a little bit. Uh, upsetting when you roll your eyes or you pull me away or you always try to sit on my lap if you see me sitting next to him or whatever else. So I want to stop doing that. I love Jack and I want to be able to express my love for him just like I express my love for you all the time. So that makes me happy. Mom deserves to be happy. I try hard to make you happy. So I would appreciate a little bit of, you know, your respect in this manner so that you don't always make faces or tell me you don't want me to go near him or whatever. So, you know, moderate that accordingly. If you're thinking my daughter's not quite so bad, cool, awesome, bonus, then you get to say less of that speech. But that is kind of like the speech that you would say. So that in the moment, if you go over to Jack, you give him a hug and a kiss, and she pulls at you, or she rolls her eyes, or she says, ew, then you say, oh, remember, that's what we talked about. 
Don't do that. That's not nice. And you know, like at the tween age, they really don't want to be uh, called out for anything, you know, like a little kid. So you're really only going to have to say that a couple of times. Now, I would tell you to have special time with your daughter and all of this sort of thing. But girl, you already do that. I will stake my life on that. You have special time with your daughter. In fact, special time with your daughter is what got us into this mess in the first place. I think you got too much special activities and time together and affectionate, loving mother-daughter time. You got so much of it that I wonder if the other children mind, first of all, because sometimes there's a difficult child that the siblings kind of resent because with their sensitivity, they get more of the attention. So that's just kind of, um, if that is relevant, that can open a door in your mind to think about it like that. But also, like this girl has no problem, it seems like, asserting her need for you and you want to make her happy because you're a loving mother. So you got that one in the bag. What you have to focus on is that you're also a person. So this is what you say at the end is you want her to learn that mom needs other people to fill up her cup. You're right. And she's never going to learn that if you don't say it. And now, let me just, since I am here talking to you, let's just troubleshoot some other things that may arise. So you may feel a pull to blame this on your boyfriend in some way um, to be like, well, you know, Jack wants a hug too. Don't do that because she doesn't know jack shit, right? She's your daughter. This is about you and her, and we do not want to villainize him. You say he has a good relationship with them. If he can only have that relationship by never touching you, this is not a good scene. So if she says, um, oh, why are you doing that? And you say, oh, doesn't Jack need a hug too? You know, or something like that, which I've heard people do. You are making Jack the one who's the only one that wants physical affection and you, the woman, are beholden to whatever the man wants. Don't teach that lesson. You say, she says, why are you doing that? You say, because I wanted a hug, right? Because I miss Jack. Right, That is what you would say. You would not say anything that pins it all on him or that repudiates female desire and makes it less than compared to male desire. Now, she doesn't know shit about desire, really, nor should she be seeing desire. You're not supposed to be looking smolderingly at Jack across the table. This is not an episode of Dirty Dancing. But what she can pick up on is that there is a physical relationship between two adults, and she doesn't get to be part of it. And you know what that does? It's so amazing. This is what used to happen in other generations, by the way, without any uh, prep work. But this generation, it doesn't. Kids used to want to become adults. It was amazing. It happened effortlessly. I bet it did for you too. I couldn't wait to become an adult myself. I bet you felt the same. However, in this current generation, children have a lot of ambivalence about adulthood to the point that they remain living at home. They don't get their driver's license. They're delaying having sex. They're delaying even drinking, partying, going out of the house. So between the parents over parenting and the constant use of smartphones that locates your social life within, you know, know your device their uh children are not wanting to become adults also adults do not seem to enjoy being adults because they don't show the kids any of the fun stuff they all they do is you know escort them to various activities and sacrifice their own interests needs wants and relationships on the altar of the all-consuming parenting god 
And so why would your daughter ever want to become an adult if there's nothing cool that she gets to do as an adult that she can't do now? So here's one cool thing. She could have an intimate, private relationship with a partner that her own children aren't privy to all the complexities of. And she could see that you and your boyfriend have a special connection and an intimate bond that transcends what can be made transparent to her. And that mystery is very appealing and can help her in her quest to figure out what adulthood is like, which is what tweens and teens are constantly doing is trying to figure out what's it going to be like to be an adult. And if they figure out that being an adult sucks because you're not even allowed to kiss your boyfriend if your kid doesn't like it, well, guess who's going to be living in your basement? Now, this is a fear tactic. I don't know if she's going to live in your basement or not, but the specter of her continuing to live in your basement and you never being able to touch your 70-year-old boyfriend, then husband, for the rest of your life because your you know, 40-year-old daughter disapproves is enough to light a fire under your ass and make you have this conversation and make you hug and kiss your boyfriend and do whatever you want, again, within reason, as you pointed out. Okay, so I hope that this podcast helped anybody else in this situation. By the way, it's cute and endearing that you think that this is because you're repartnered. Let me tell you, there are plenty of people that don't know how to do this with their first partner that's the biological parent of their children. So many of you are going to be in that situation where... Honestly, you want to start having sex with your husband again because, you know, it's been, you know, five years since the baby was born. But since you have never allowed yourself to be intimate in touching, kissing, whatever with your husband and your kid is always pulling at you, you don't even know how to do this. There's no divorce involved. There's no introducing a new partner. It's literally the person that you had the children with and you still don't know how to be affectionate in front of the kids because you never did it. If you're in that situation, these same tips apply. You got to make a real conscious effort to start being physically affectionate in a way that can teach them what a normal, loving, uh, adult, intimate relationship is like and have the conversations you need to have at developmentally appropriate stages. If your child is five, it's no, I want to kiss daddy now. I'll kiss you later. That doesn't traumatize a child. The opposite traumatizes a child. No, I never want to kiss daddy. I only want to kiss you. Doesn't that sound weird? That sounds weird, right? That sounds like something that would be on a Lifetime movie of a mother that can't let go of her child. So you don't want to be that. Anyhow, I hope that this was very helpful in uh, situating this problem within a larger overparenting epidemic uh, context and helping you with your individual situation. If you have follow-up questions, please let me know. Everybody, like and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on DrPsychMom.com, on Facebook, on Instagram, and everywhere else. Thanks so much, guys.